Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to go over the Pittsburgh Steelers' 28-21 victory over the Houston Texans. I was interested in this game for a number of reasons. You know, when I picked it, I didn't look at the box score. I try not to do that so I don't develop any misconceptions about what's about to happen and just let it happen. The first thing I wanted to see was how close was this game? How hard did the Texans fight? I was interested to see how Big Ben looked. The first time I saw Big Ben, he had a little rust when he first came out, but got it going. He he definitely still has enough fastball to get the ball out, so I was interested to see what he would look like. I wanted to see how James Conner ran the ball, how they divvied up the carries behind James Conner. What did the wide receivers do? What, what did the targets look like? And, of course, how did the Houston Texans get behind? And on the Houston Texans side, what happened? Were they able to run the ball, pass the ball? How did they move the ball? And how did they get down to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Let's start with the winning side. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers line hasn't been as dominant as it has been in the past. You know, they had an unfortunate injury with Zach Banner, who I think they hoped would sure up their right tackle situation. They got David DeCastro back in this game, and I hope for their sake that it's able to secure the right side of their line a little bit and give them some stability on that side. And with Villanueva and Pouncey, hopefully that can give them a solid overall line and give them some stability to be able to do the things they want to do because they absolutely want to be able to run the ball and not have to put everything on Big Ben's shoulders. I think they realized that it would not be a good idea to really have him come out and throw the ball 50 times a game. They're, they're not, they don't have any illusions about who they are at this point, and I'm proud of them for that. They certainly know that they need to run the ball strong. They need to be able to put teams away. They, they know they're going to play hard-nosed defense, which we'll get to in a while, but certainly that plays into their hands as far as the offense goes because they can do what they need to do depending on the situation because they have the ability to pass with Big Ben and the, and the weapons, and they have the ability to run the ball. Although they're not a dominant run-blocking unit, mainly because of the, the weak links in the chain at left guard and right tackle. Despite saying that, they were able to handle what had been a little bit more frisky Texans defense up until that point. You know, I knew the Texans defense had some deficiencies in the secondary, and they did show some flashes at times that they were able to get to Big Ben and able to make him uncomfortable. But on the same end, it wasn't an impressive performance And I don't think if I have anybody going against the Texans defense, I'll be shying away from them. It's not a particularly strong unit in the secondary. You know, they've done some things to try and patch that over, but still it's not something that I think anybody is scared of. I feel like there's a reason that they let go of Vernon Hargraves from Tampa Bay. You know, the rest of the defense is really kind of underperformed. You know, the linebackers that they paid haven't performed. So, We'll need to see more from the Texans' defense for this team to really go anywhere. Because the offensive line, spoiler alert, doesn't have the ability to really impose their will on offense. So there needs to be a little bit more will imposing from the defense. And today, really, the Steelers were able to dictate the terms when it came to that. So Steelers' line, maybe not the top-end line that they've had in the past, 
but it's never been a dominant unit that they, they had to have to produce. The offense does a fine job, especially with Ben able to do different things and with James Conner healthy. That certainly helps things a lot. Let's talk about Big Ben and where he's been so far. You know, he's not a runner, but today I saw him look spry. He was moving around the pocket, and he certainly, while he's certainly not taking the hits that he used to, and he's not, and I don't think they want him to have to do that, you know, to try and create more time with the ball. I think they're trying to get the ball out of his hands as much as possible, and I think that's smart. Ben still has plenty of fastball to do what he needs to do in tough situations. It's just I don't think they want to wear him out, and I think that's smart. Now, for his fantasy value overall, though, because they might not have to push him as hard as they would should the defense be a little bit worse or should the running game be worse, that may push him outside of the top 10, top 12 quarterbacks. Now, I think he's still going to remain around that range and be startable on a given week, but it may cap his upside that the Steelers may not have to fight as hard as some of the other teams with the bad defense. You know, that may push Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady past Big Ben because those teams are going to have to come back a little bit more, although I don't hate the Tampa Bay defense. You know, it was pretty apparent today once Pittsburgh kind of had the game in hand that they took the foot off the pedal a bit and started running the ball. That's really the reason for the lack of stat on the big on Big Ben's part. I mean, he only had the 237 yards and two touchdowns. That's not really going to get you a lot in the pocket passer mold, especially for someone. I mean, he had five rushes for negative three yards, but he still looks spry. There's definitely a part of one of my videos that has him running the ball and not looking like he's a total statue. I just still don't know if he could beat Drew Brees and Tom Brady in a foot race. I think that'd be a good race for charity. Maybe somebody should put that together. With Big Ben not rushing the ball and with, and with them not having to push themselves on offense quite as much, I don't see Big Ben as being a top eight, top five quarterback this year. I mean, he's going to be towards the back end of the, of the top quarterbacks. And I really think that if you have him as your second quarterback, you're probably going to be a lot happier. But if you have to lean on Ben, I mean, it is what it is. There's, there's certainly worse quarterbacks on there. It's just he's kind of towards those back end of the starters on the year-long leagues. There are way worse quarterbacks supporting options in the NFL and have been for as long as there's been fantasy leagues. Big Ben's no different. You know, even though he might not be the Big Ben of old and may not quite get there as far as the quarterback value goes, doesn't mean that he's not capable of supporting Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think that the other options in the offense are really something you're going to want to have on a week-to-week basis. I know Eric Ebron had a better game today, and maybe he starts to get more and more run. So maybe he can build on this momentum. And maybe if you're in a two tight end league, you're excited about starting him. But I don't think from week to week right now, I'd be super excited about that. He did lead the team in targets. But I don't think that that's going to be something that's going to sustain itself. That's just kind of a function of the way the game played out. And I don't think that really that's going to be something you're going to want to start on a week-to-week basis. You're hoping you have better options there. Maybe on a streamer basis, though, he is getting enough stats, and I think he might be able to do something there. But if you're having to focus on him and as your tight end one, I think you're in trouble there, and you should look to upgrade that position in a trade. Juju, especially with the COVID bye week, hopefully they're able to reschedule that game. I've seen Juju in a lot of trades that I've been getting 
uh, asked for help on. And I don't think that I'd be shying away from Juju. You know, like I said on Big Ben, the lack of overall 300-yard passing and this really pushing themselves, it kind of affected Juju as well. I don't know that he has exactly the same burst that he had in years past. So maybe I'm not trying to get in on Juju as much, but I'm not shying away either. Ben's definitely capable of supporting him as a wide receiver too. And so if you're buying him at that value, if you're not counting on him to be a top 10 wide receiver, then I think you're going to be happy. I think he's a top end wide receiver too to admit to a mid-tier wide receiver too on his floor, especially with Deontay Johnson out. They're going to have to lean on Juju in those situations. I do think Deontay Johnson doesn't necessarily hurt Juju either. It kind of takes the cap off the offense a little bit. I think I'd have to see a lot more people hurt before I'd be into Chase Claypool or James Washington. Uh, that goes for the Pittsburgh Steelers team as well as people being hurt on my team as well. Those are deeper leagues, league options, and I think Chase Claypool's probably a year away from really being a big-time contributor, but I definitely think he has potential, and if bet on the talent. I don't have any problem with that. It's just that I think it's going to take some time for him to get there. So I said Eric Ebron was the leader in targets. Certainly there was another person targeted plenty today. It was James Conner with his five targets, four catches for 40 yards. He also had the 18 carries for 109 yards and the touchdown to really give him a nice day. And I think that's where a lot of the fantasy value went for the other options in the offense, including Big Ben. It was a function of just being successful in the running game. They had 38 attempts, 169 yards in the touchdown. It's not exactly a dominant day in the run game, and really a lot of those yards came when they were finishing off the Texans and with the last drive. But still, they were able to impose their will a lot more on the Texans than vice versa, and it showed, especially when the game was on the line. I mean, it was 28-21, to 21, but those 10 unanswered points that were based on, you know, them being able to kind of mix it up and move the ball in the Texans. James Conner was a big part of that, and he really ran with power. He looked healthy, and certainly I didn't see anything that made me feel like he came out of the game unhealthy. So that's the big thing with him is, you know, Pittsburgh is definitely trying to use a dominant back. And while they took him out and they let – James McFarlane kind of run the clock out a bit, which was surprising given Benny Snell's performance up until that point. It really was the James Conner show. It was a little disappointing that they took him out, but really the game was in hand, and that's smart to try and sustain him for the whole year. There's been so many injuries this year that I think he just can't get greedy and have people get overcarried. That's the easiest way to go ahead and get them injured. So you know, if you're in there and you're saying, hey, let's get him back in there, you know, in the fourth quarter. Well, you may want to back off and hope that that guy just makes it the whole season. As far as James Conner goes, I don't think I'd shy away from him. At the same time, I'm training for him knowing that the injury risk is still very real and very there. Certainly, there's a hope that he can get this together and, can, and sustain himself for the whole season. But if, if he can't, that certainly doesn't do you any good. And especially with Anthony McFarlane muddling up the backup situation, it's not as easy to hold the backup for this rushing attack anymore, especially when they also have Jalen Samuels in the mix as well. I'm not ready to trade for James Conner as a running back one. Certainly, I feel like he's pushed himself into the running back two category until he's not. That's the problem, though. Until he's not, it could mean that he's hurt. So you want to keep that in mind. 
especially when there's not a really good handcuff for him to have the backup as when you have somebody that has been injury prone so far. So let's switch sides to the Houston Texans. This really was the critical part of the game. And by this, I mean the offensive line for the Houston Texans. Laramie Tunsil has been good so far. And the center has also been fine. Nick Martin. It's just the other links in the chain have really not created any sort of run push for the offense. It seems like only when the defense is backed off a little bit and they're worried about Deshaun that the Texans are actually able to get something going. There aren't a lot of holes. There isn't a lot of push. So, I mean, that really led to 15 carries for 29 yards. Now, I really like the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and they did a good job of being aggressive, blitzing, getting in the backfield. There were a lot of tackles for loss. That's what, I mean, clearly there was with 1.9 average on the rushes here. But still, I think this is a unit that's capable of doing things, especially with Laramie Tunzel on one side. You can kind of slide to the other, and that gives you an idea of where you can help in the pass blocking as well as where your strong side is. However, if the other parts of this offensive line don't begin to perform, Deshaun's going to take more hits. He's going to have to move around the pocket more, and he's not going to get to throw as accurately. And then they're not going to be able to run the ball, and so they're going to be able to tee up on Deshaun. And while Deshaun is absolutely capable of carrying this team, I don't think they want him to carry the team for the whole season. And I don't think that they traded for David Johnson for him not to be able to run the ball. So they absolutely need to get better. They need to get more creative with their runs. I didn't really feel like they were pushing or threatening the Steelers in any significant way outside of when Deshaun had to create outside of the offense. I mean, he really had to push the envelope and really put himself on the line to get the ball down the field, and he did that. But in a full game, when you're playing a good defense and an offense that can score, it's going to play out the way it did. You're going to go three and out on three of the four first drives of the second half, and then all of a sudden you're, you're down, and you're having to come back on a team that loves to tee up and get after you, and it showed. I mean, Deshaun had the five sacks. It could have been worse. If it's not Deshaun Watson, if it's somebody's statuesque back there, he's not. he didn't make it out of this game. Thank goodness it's Deshaun Watson back there, and he's able to move and create because otherwise this would have been really dirty. Pittsburgh Steelers defense definitely proved something to me today. This was kind of a gut check for both of these teams for me, and the Texans line let me down. It's not Laramie Tunsil's fault. It's just that. As an overall unit, they're not able to create cohesive runs, create running lanes that David Johnson is absolutely capable of running through. Let's go ahead and get David Johnson off the shelf here and say, hey, he had 13 carries for 23 yards. He still dominated the carries, and he still had a nice touchdown. The touchdown run, he has burst, and he has burst on the touchdown run when you watch it. He makes a nice run, and he's when, it, when there are holes, he's able to run through them. He is the back they're probably going to target in the passing game too. It's just that Deshaun's not a huge targeter of the running back, so that kind of caps the upside there. you got to think of David Johnson as a solid flex at this point. Now he's still a starting running back, and he's still got a stranglehold on this role. It's just a question of who are they playing, how good is their run defense, it better not be good because this isn't a unit that's blowing people back. I don't see a lot of 
pancake blocks. I don't see a lot of people really firing off in a big way. It's kind of more shotgun based and read option and better hope everybody's looking at Deshaun instead of really getting off the ball. So I'm probably not buying David Johnson as a running back too at this point where he was drafted. It's probably more of a flex for me at this time, especially with the up and down nature of the Texans running game. You're probably disappointed with that, but hey, he's still upright and he still has plenty of burst. So let's go with that as a, as a good thing in the, these day and age. But still, we want to see more from the running game. We want to see more from David Johnson so that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense isn't capable of just teeing up the way they are and other defenses aren't able to replicate that. Let me also say before I kind of skipped around a little bit here, and I love the way the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has looked. You want to shy away from players that are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers at this time just because they're able to get after the quarterback. They're able to just do disrupt offenses, and it showed today. And, you know, it's not a lockdown Baltimore Ravens with Ray Lewis situation, but they have players, they have rush, and if you quarterback is not capable of handling that rush, that can be a big issue for the offense, and they can make you look foolish on a given day. Speaking of offense, let's talk about basically the whole offense for the Houston Texans. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. You know, somehow, despite being down in this game, he threw the ball only 27 times. And it's only 254 yards, two touchdowns in the INT. You know, surprisingly, as nimble and as fast as he is, he doesn't really run the ball all that much. He's more of a pocket passer than you would think. And when it's not a precision pocket passing game, it's more of a chunk pocket passing game. That really limits the offense, in my opinion, just because you know sometimes they're not able to convert the third down. They're not able to get the catch that they need. And I think they're really missing DeAndre Hopkins in that role. You know, they have they have Brandon Cooks, they have Kenny Stills, they have Will Fuller, and that's been fine, but still they don't they just lack that guy that they're able to really count on. And that was a big thing for Deshaun in the past. You know, DeAndre's killing it for the Cardinals, but that's really not my beef with this trade. It's just how much it meant to Deshaun to be able to move the sticks, especially for this offense when everything kind of gets out of whack and it's just when, you know, there's pressure on a given play that disrupts things or whatever it is, it just makes this offense just not consistently move the ball down the field. And it was really bad in the second half when they just couldn't get it done and the Steelers were able to get it done. And that's what won them the game. And just those three and outs just can't have that consecutively like that coming out. And when the Steelers are able to tee up on you and they know you can't run the ball on them, that's a big problem. And it showed today. That's the reason that they didn't have more than the 27 passes. That's why he only had 231 yards. That's why they lost this game. It's just the offense is not consistently moving the ball. And I need to see more out of them because I have expectations. This isn't hot tub time machine. This is wedding crashers. I have expectations for the Houston Texans. So I want them to play better, and I need to see more from their options. You know, David Johnson included, but really I need to see more from the wide receivers as well. I'm still okay with Deshaun Watson where you got him. You know, he's underperformed compared to some of the options that have been in that range. 
But if you drafted him where you had him at this point, you're not selling. Somebody's going to try and buy low on this guy, and they're going to have better days than this. The Pittsburgh Steelers are tough. And, you know, while the line might be mediocre at best, you know, there's going to be mediocre defenses that they're going to see. I mean, I didn't see the Titans really doing a whole lot with their pass rush. So if they get after you, Houston Texans, you may have a problem. Just who knows when we're going to see the Titans on the field again. You know, the weapons have been up and down so far. Randall Cobb was the big weapon today, had the touchdown along with Will Fuller, you know, had the 95 yards on the four receptions. He didn't have a great first week. He definitely looked better in the second week. He's been up and down so far, but overall, I definitely think that's somebody that they're going to have to use. He seems to be their only possession receiver of sorts. You know, everybody else is kind of more of a deep option with Cooks, Stills, and Fuller, and I think that's also a problem. Once again, they're missing their Hopkins, and I don't think that Randall Cobb was supposed to be the answer. I mean, they definitely signed him and and traded off Hopkins, but, I mean, that wasn't supposed to be the answer. The rest of the options were supposed to be able to handle more of the possession work, and it simply hasn't been the case so far. I don't think I can trust Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller at this point. I trust Will Fuller more than all three of of him, Randall Cobb, and Brandon Cooks. But still, I mean, he had a goose egg in week two, and they never really explained all that much why. I guess it was the hamstring. Seemed like he came out healthy, but he came up on the practice report today. So once again, you kind of have to wonder what you're going to get out of him, making the situation even cloudier to begin with. If he's in there, great. If he's not, really bad. And then, of course, if he's in there and he's and he doesn't play and he gives you a goose egg, that's the worst thing that can happen to you. That'll really ruin your Sunday. So hard to trust Will Fuller right now. Hard to trust any of the pass catching options at this point. So I'm not sure exactly I'd be targeting them. They'll have better days in this. It's just, man, the inconsistency overall of the Texans, not just the wide receivers, has really been something to watch. I'm hopeful they can turn it around. They have pieces and they have Deshaun, so you can build from that. Just a question of where are they going and what are they doing now. Anyway, guys, that's all I've got for this game. I look forward to seeing these teams again. Anytime a team has solid quarterback play, I can get into that, and I love both these quarterbacks. I know I was tough on Deshaun today, but I just expect more from him and the Texans team, and we'll look look to see what happens when they have a better matchup. Appreciate y'all's time today. Like, listen, share, all of those things, and especially subscribe to the podcast. That's going to keep everything going, and I appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your day.